Picnic Table Society, a ragtag group of people in recovery that live by Rule 62. Don't take yourself so damn seriously. Your recovery is your journey. Get engaged, try new things, and have fun with it. Yo, maestro. Intro, please. You can't steal second with your foot on first. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Picnic Table Society. My name's Joe, along with Aaron and Jeff. Well, actually, it's not Aaron. It's Laffy McGee over here. He's always laughing. That's right. And we got a guest, Jonathan, here. How's everyone doing today? Good morning. Man, Jeff, he cracking me up. He always looks like he's up to something with this slick-ass smile on his face, just dancing away. I'm actually doing really good, though. You know? I can I can tell. <laughs> yeah. You know, me and my girlfriend, we um, got approved for a house yesterday, so we're super excited hey, doing neighbor. adult things. Yes, I'm going to live awesome. three minutes from Jeff. That's right. Three. Yeah, that's wow. right. I'm super excited. I'm going to come steal his kids. It's great. You're going to start charging to come in my pool. That's right. Jeff's going to wake up in the morning, like come out in his bathrobe and stuff. You're just going to be like in the kitchen cooking breakfast and stuff. No, nah, there's a few blocks <laughs> distance. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't have a bathrobe. What the hell do oh, I You don't do have you? a bathrobe? No. Dude, are you kidding me? Why not? <laughs> you can tell Joe has I one. do have one. <laughs> I, I barely use it. You, do you I have mean, a bathrobe? I do not have a you bathrobe. Do, oh, come on, <laughs> Jonathan. Joe wears button-up pajamas still. <laughs> Actually, no, I don't. I, I, tip, I just wear, I wear boxers and maybe some shorts. But no, I, I have a bathrobe. I just don't use it that much. Hey, but I still have one. How do you not have a bathrobe? <laughs> What, what, why do I? Because I didn't steal one from a hotel like you, Joe. I don't oh, know what to tell you. That's right. I haven't done that in a long time. That used to be like a big thing. Remember? <laughs> you probably haven't stayed in a hotel in a long time. I, it's been a little bit actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have actually hotels.com on my phone. Do you really? Yeah, we love getting away. You should. Start, We've got four kids. You should Joe. start. Get that you should start bathrobes.com. Mm, no. 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 Anyway, I'm doing really good considering my mother comes back from New York today. She's been gone for for days, at least 30 days. Yeah. Yeah. Mom Chronicles about to come back out. You picking her up at the airport? I'm picking her up at 1058, dropping off at 1130 and then coming back to work. Cool. Yep. Awesome, man. It's going to be cool, man. We missed her. We missed her. So did Dollar General. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and here John- is our guest today. that's right jonathan how's it going it's going it's going good so a little Glad bit about have jonathan you on here. we asked jonathan to come on basically because he's like one of my best friends and he's my best man at the wedding coming up and uh also because um he's a guy that what um you know i really 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 look up to he's a sponsee brother of mine and we want to talk a whole bunch about a different things with jonathan you know jonathan got sober when he was like six years old or something <laughs> like that. Listen, that listen he asked me how much time i had and i was like well how about you like you look young as shit but he's got a great story about how he got sober and he also has a uh, something else we want to talk about you know he took a little hiatus from uh the 12-step program and uh, he wound up coming back to it and uh maybe he could talk about that as well but What's going on, Jonathan? Why don't you give us your sobriety date and let us know uh, how you got here? Sure. So uh, my sobriety date is October 8, 2000. I got sober when I was 22, not six. Jeez, oh, that was the year the Mets <laughs> lost the Subway Series to the Yankees because the Yankees I cheated. I remember that. Yeah, the Yankees I, cheated. Steroids. I remember that. And then I actually went to the Yankee parade that year, too, just because we skipped school. So did I. Yeah, we skipped school and went to it, but yeah. it was just an excuse to, yeah, whatever. Pretty much. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, more about you, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, so I, I came in when I was 22. Um, I, I did have some experience with the program through family members, though. Mm-hmm. So I kind of knew what AA was about, but I had no idea what I was getting myself into when I when I came in and 
I uh, brought up the Mets game. The, the last time I got drunk was actually at a Jaguars game. Oh, wow. oh there you go. They had a team back then? <laughs> 95, man, right? Were they terrible back then, too? That's when they started, 95. 95 yeah. was when the Jaguars yeah. came wow. in. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Have they ever won a playoff game? Yeah, what are you talking about? They made it to the AFC Championship. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. I'm just getting some haters. Joke. Haters, yeah. Yeah, uh, Jaguar game was the last time that uh, I got drunk. Uh, it was a, a night that I remember bits and pieces of. Did they win at least or anything? Or I don't remember. Odds are no. That's funny. <laughs> the only thing I remember, you know, I spent some time in the Marine Corps, and uh, one of the only things I remember was taking my shirt off and singing the Marine Corps hymn. At the stadium. At the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you get people to sing along with you? There had to be one guy. There were some people singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know how you do it. You do it for the attention, you know. Oh, so sure. I, I'm sure I was doing some of that. So, uh, But, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, 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 the world crumbled in front of me after that night, I would say. And uh, I called my mom up and said, Mom, you know, I, I don't know what to do. The family's left, you know. And uh, she said, here's a man's number. And then she hung up the phone. Mm, there, was, ooh. there was no empathy or sympathy that she gave me. And not, Click. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think she had been waiting for this phone call for some time. You know, she was, I gotcha. she was waiting on me to, to, to give her this call. And, uh, and I did. And then I, I called up a man. And I had known him prior to coming into Alcoholics Anonymous. And uh, I actually worked for him. My mom worked for him. And, and uh, he's actually been a blessing for the last 33 years of my life. But... Um, <clears throat> Anyway, I called him up, and uh, we met a week later, and um, it was the first time I was completely honest with anybody about everything. I laid it all out on the table and uh, told him, you know, what I had been doing for all these years and, you know, how, how I came to where I was, and, um, and I picked up a white chip that night, and I was at a men's meeting. I don't know what a white chip was. I just picked it up. <laughs> you know, yeah. just, That's right. I, I got it, and uh, I've been sober ever since. And cool, I can imagine man. it was difficult because this is 2000, and and that meeting was the Roving Stag meeting, right? right. And here in Jacksonville, if you listen from somewhere else or don't know, there was a Roving Stag meeting where a bunch of men would meet up every week, I believe, at the Loop or other people's houses. So when you got here in 2000, it's not like it was now where there's so many young people. You were probably the youngest one there. Is that correct? I was. I was definitely the youngest one there. Was that difficult, seeing a bunch of grandpas up in there? <laughs> like, who am I going to hang out with? This is what my life is re- yeah, has resorted to. Yeah, when I, when I walked into AA, I, I you know, they, we have that term, uh, yet. You know, you're mm-hmm. eligible, eligible too. And, and um, I really honed in on that in early sobriety because I walked in and looked at the differences. You know, people didn't have their teeth. And, you know, there were things that I couldn't, I couldn't relate to. Like living under a bridge. Exactly. That reminds yeah, yeah, me yeah. that my mom's coming home today, too, with no teeth. Yeah. <laughs> leave my dukes out of it. Wow. Well, she needs to stop leaving them out. That's funny. <laughs> Sorry. So anyways. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> they were much older than me, though. Yeah, right? yeah. And uh, so I didn't relate to that in the beginning. It was something that I, that I focused and honed in on and said, hey, you know, this is. But as I, I stayed around and um, really, you know, took a hold of the program, you know, I realized that if I didn't, you know, do what was what was asked of me, then I could end up under the bridge or whatever. You know, sure. My father was an alcoholic. Mm. And, uh, I had a perfect bad example in my life of what not to to do. And he did live under a bridge and ate out of trash cans and the whole nine. And I didn't want to end up like that. And I didn't want my kids because I had uh, a kid and a kid on the way at the time. <clears throat> and uh, I didn't want to, you know, have a a relationship with them like my father had. With Repeat me. the pattern. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You tell yourself, I'm not going to do this, but then you find yourself 
following along the same path, right? Yep. That's yeah. Exactly what happened. When I when I sat there after the Jaguar game on the couch, all by myself, looking at a blank TV and and um, knowing there was plenty of brew in the refrigerator, to, you know, to get Taiwan on, I said, you know what, I'm going to end up just like my father if I don't mm. think about it. So that turning point made that phone call, and that phone call got me to a sponsor, and that sponsor gave me some steps to start doing where I was willing to do something different because of that pain, you know, and, uh, and you know, stuck around. Uh, one of the things that I think uh, made a big difference for me, though, was learning that I had a disease. The disease aspect of this thing, the doctor's opinion was, was perfect for mm. me because it taught me about why I drank the way that I did. I thought I just did it because of my dad or whatever, but, no, I drank because I like the effect produced by alcohol. And then there's also this phenomenon of craving comes as soon as I injected it into my body. You know? yep. so the disease part of it, knowing that I'm just like a cancer patient. Right. It's no different for me. You know, I come in here and I realize that, hey, I have a disease. And so either I treat it with alcohol or I treat it with Alcoholics Anonymous. Right. Yeah. Right. And, you, you know, you got sober when you were 22. But Jonathan, Jonathan's not one of those guys or people, I should say, who, who just like, you know, started drinking at 18 and got sober at 22. You went through a lot before you actually got sober. Like your life crumbled apart from what I know, like as far as the military and the kids and schooling and stuff like that. Do you want to talk about that? How much you lost very quickly? Yeah, my first blackout was at 15. So I, I start and, and like when I black out, I didn't just like, I mean, bodily fluids would come out of me. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd wake up and I'd be completely wet and I'd be like, what the hell That's happened? That's part of my story, too. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one of my first blackouts that I remember when my mom came in and uh, I was I blacked out on the front porch and uh, she woke me up and like, what the heck's going on? And anyway, it was it was always something. But I started drinking early, man. I mean, at the age of nine years old, I was driving my father around the dirt roads in Georgia while he was drunk. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, so I grew up in this lifestyle of like hey you know this is this is what it's all about so i just started emulating even though everybody told me don't end up like your father don't do these things you know i did exactly what i at 12 years old i had my first drink at a little fair and i took four different types of beer and poured them all together oh a little jungle <laughs> juice yeah. yeah natural light and bush light because i hate oh, that's taste funny yeah. Yeah. Saint Ives, good stuff. Saint yeah. yeah 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 the taste of it was not very good <laughs> But uh, but I remember after about four or five beers, I'm laying on the on the floor looking at the ceiling and thinking, God, this is awesome. Oh the yeah, is, oh yeah. You know mm -hmm. how we all feel, and so that's right. From there from from then on, I tried to do everything I could to get you know the next one in my system, and so at 15, blacking out, you know, I got into other stuff at um, 16, 17, and and uh, my senior year, I got expelled twice. I ended up in DDC, gun charge, all kinds of stuff. Man. I, I um. You know, when I, when I when I play the radio, it's as loud as I can play it. You know, that's just the way I, you know, I, I never drank one. There was no point in drinking one. You know, I didn't, I was just never a guy of, hey, let me stick my pinky out and have a martini. I've just never been that dude. <laughs> uh -uh. If, if I'm a drink, I know those guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm a drink, we're going to drink. And I drink to oblivion, you know, and from the, from the age of 12 until, you know, I came in here, every time I drank or did drugs, it was all about, you know, getting to the next level of oblivion and escape. And uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I did that in, in high school and, and uh, then got into the Marine Corps because I, I felt like, man, I'm tired of everybody telling me what to 
do, so I joined the Corps. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I almost did that. That's a great I idea. I almost did that, but my, I was too young, and so my mom wouldn't sign the paper, so yeah. that's my excuse. I wasn't allowed to, man. I think I, I was 18. I had just gotten out of jail or something like that, and yeah, I was contemplating joining the Marine Corps, and like I, I had felonies, and they were like, no. Nah, because, of course, yeah. that'll straighten us out. Some discipline. That's all I need. So yeah. my, br- my brother was a Marine, and in 2002, I was living with my dad, and I was like, I have a problem, Bob. I, I think I need to... Uh, you, you know, joined the Marines as well. So he was on a break from there and he took me to his recruiter, Lefferts Boulevard and Liberty Avenue. And I went in there and I was ready to sign the papers and they weighed me in and I was too much weight. So they gave me this Marine diet, which consisted of saltine crackers. And I had to lose like eight pounds in like a week. And then they would sign me up. So I went on that saltine cracker diet and I lost those pounds. And the night before the recruiter was going to pick me up the next morning to bring me in there and sign those papers. Oh, I went out and tore it up on town and then I got home in the morning and he's knocking on the door knocking on the door and I'm like peeking out the blinds and he knew I was in there but I did not open that door and I waited about an hour and I go to leave to go you know out the front of the house I lived in a backyard back area and he was still sitting in there so I went back I hopped the back gate and I jumped on a bus that's my story that's hilarious, Jess. So this little weight loss competition that you're in right it now started is, a very is real, it's really like your subconscious trying to revert back to, you know, you going into the Marine. You're, you're like, you're still trying to make it. Thanks, Dr. Joe. <laughs> uh, yeah, That's you, pretty comical. Now. You know, Jonathan, I want to revisit something. You talked about bedwetting. <laughs> Not to be funny about it, but no, that's what I was. I was a bedwetter, and that was like one of the most embarrassing things for me. Wake up next to somebody, and that whole bed is wet, and you want to blame it on her or something like that. You know? <laughs> I've done that. But for, for me, I'm not only an alcoholic, I'm also an addict. And I used to, once I discovered like cocaine and the angels started singing, I never wet the bed again. Like I would purpose be like, damn, I need to get some blow because I don't want to wet this bed. I mean, that's the kind of thinking I had. I never thought about it that way. But... <laughs> <laughs> only Jeff. <laughs> Dude, I, I, funny. like a funny story again. Sorry. But um, I took this girl home one night. This is back in New York. And, um, would have a one night stand and I woke up the next morning she's next to me on the inside by the wall my bed was always against the wall I like that and uh, the whole bed was wet I knew it was from me so I was like what am I going to do I'm scrambling what am I going to do I went outside I got one of those big like McDonald's cups that you could keep filled it with water sat down on the bed where she was still sleeping and like and spilled it, it. <laughs> and I was like oh oh wake up I just spilled my water everywhere <laughs> that's how I got away with it I mean the things that we used to do sure, right? that's yeah. insanity it man. is it's craziness that's insanity all right, so you're a go dogs, right? I am from Georgia. From Georgia. So what happened to the Marine Corps then? So we had a, an agreement where they wanted me. <laughs> we to, had an agreement. <laughs> <laughs> they, they wanted me to leave, and I wanted to leave as well. So we kind of. Oh, uh, okay. It, it, it was a mutual understanding. <laughs> but I would say that uh, you know, coming into the Corps and going right before I, I came in, you know, I. I I was I was dirty, my, you know. I was I was smoking a lot of pot then, and uh, somehow they still took me. You know, I, I was able to work my way out of that. But so when I got in, I said, you know what, I need to quit doing pot. I'll just drink, you know. And uh, <clears throat> about a year and a half into it, I started coming back from Jacksonville, North Carolina, to see my girlfriend here, and I uh, started hanging around with old buddies and uh, started smoking again. And I popped on a piss test, mm. and I uh, spent thirty days in the brig picking up trash. And uh, they gave me an option to go to rehab, and I said, I don't need no damn rehab. Right, exactly. <laughs> And uh, so I spent time in the brig, and then I got out, and it's like we I never existed into the Marine Corps. Got a general other than honorable condition discharge, and uh, so came back to uh, Jacksonville and, uh, and then found out that I had a kid. Mm. And, uh, 
that started my journey into parenthood. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, you know, one of the greatest things that I love about coming to um, meetings every single day is um, I got to remain teachable. I got to uh, keep my ears open, right? And I got to... Uh, listen to guys who have been here before me, years before me, and see that that could be me. That could happen to me if I do something a certain way. And one of the things I love listening to Jonathan when he shares about is how like, he did the deal here, like sponsoring others, speaking, being of service. He had service commitments here and everything. And then he just decided on his own will, I'm going to take a break. Do you want to talk about like that's what, what I want to talk about? Sobriety. That's, that's, that's and then you found yourself <laughs> back. Like yeah. how many years sober were you when you decided to take a break? How long did that break last? How did that work out for you? And when did you come back? Yeah, so I'll um, go into a little bit of that. My, my wife at the time, um, we were going through it, and, and um, she ended up uh, leaving, and I got custody of my kids. Mm-hmm. So I was a single dad with three kids at the time, and um, <clears throat> full-time, and then I had another child that I had every other weekend. So single dad four four children and uh it was a lot on me coming mm-hmm. to meetings oh yeah i mean you know Jeez. trying to make you know a meeting every day and right. do the deal and I, I had a busy job and <clears throat> i started coaching football <clears throat> excuse me coaching football you and, need a uh, cigarette <laughs> no, okay sorry no. 420 is my quit date from nicotine that's oh right. there you go there you go uh, that's good <laughs> 420 that's funny yeah i had to keep that i didn't do it on purpose but once 420 i was like i gotta keep that quit date because it's the coolest quit it date is that uh, it is so now that i tell everybody i quit nicotine on yeah 420. <laughs> sorry i interrupted you it's a terrible character defect go ahead that's all good okay. uh so anyway um i, I quit you know coming to meetings as much and you know i started slowly started uh you know letting other things take care of, of my life versus Alcoholics Anonymous. And uh, I'll never forget the, the, the text that I got from Steve where he said, you know, you're going to get to a point where those kids are gone and something else is going to come into the situation and you're going to end up getting drunk, you know. Mm-hmm. And he, let, he had to let me go. And uh, so when he, when he fired me, <clears throat> um, I said, screw this place, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do my own thing. And so I kind of checked out and did meetings over in Mandarin. And, um, and I really sponsored myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I got try to get a couple of sponsors over there. It didn't work out. And, and, um, you know, what happened was, is I was doing a lot for the kids. I was raising them. I was working, you know, I was staying really super busy, but on the weekends that I didn't have them, character defects started coming up. Right. right? I started doing yep. things. Ah, that, okay. I started, I started doing things that a sober man of, of Alcoholics Anonymous would not do. Right. And, uh, and so what that did was that created an escape for me. So I no longer had alcohol as an escape for me. I had something else as an escape for me. And, uh, and that's really what started treating my disease. You know, I used another, you know, another substance, another whatever Mm -hmm. to treat my disease other than alcohol or drugs. And, uh, and that's what, you know, created this, this, you know, alter, you know, personality, lifestyle, whatever. And, uh, but, you know, when I was with the kids, I was doing everything perfect. I mean, we were going to church, we were doing things, you know, but when, when the, the weekend was, was, was mine by myself and I didn't have the kids or I was by myself, I was, I was, you know, doing other things. And, uh, so anyway, I got married and, um, when I got married, uh, she had three kids and, and, um, I had four kids. Oh, so you're like Jeff Deck. That's the Brady Bunch. That's the Brady Bunch. So there's nine of us living in a house at one time. Yeah. Nine of us living in a house and you got a, 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 uh, alcoholic that's not working the program. Mm trying to take care of nine people. And I got all these principles, though, that I know of the right thing to do and, you know, the God thing. And, you know, 
church. And so I, I know what was right from wrong, right? I'm not stupid. And so I'm trying to, to apply those principles to a household with no program, though. Right. Like, I don't have the blueprint for living anymore. I'm not utilizing the tools. I don't have a sponsor. I'm not working with guys, you know. And so me and my wife, we hit heads quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Know? Hit quite, heads quite a bit. And, and um, her kids, my kids, we don't have kids together, you know. And uh, so anyway, I'm trying to run this household, and uh, it didn't work out. And, uh, you know, it came to a point where I knew I was going to get drunk. Yeah. You know? So I called Steve back up, and I said, hey, man, I need to come back. And uh, so about three or four years, I would right. say, I was out, you know, kind of doing my own thing. Got to hit meetings here and there and, you know, be on the outskirts. I never came back to Java. I kind of just took a break from Java and, uh, you know, did things on my own. And uh, But anyway, I knew I would have gotten drunk. It, it would have just been, it was a matter of time. Those defects that I was working right. through, those things that was happening, you know, outside of, um, you know, they were they were going to come back. And uh, so, you know, I did did what I could. Uh, you know, once again, I put myself in so much pain to where I was mm-hmm. you know, wanting to come back to the solution. And it's that Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing. You know, it's all it's in all of us. And we don't want to resort to how we used to be. You know, we don't have to take a drink to let the, that yeah, happen no. again. I, I mean, I and I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, I think it's I think that's awesome. That probably becomes a pretty you know, sort of, uh, you know, valuable part of your story and experience. Cause I, I went through some similar stuff to where, you know, after I was sober for several years, just kind of pulled back, wasn't really, you know, involved, you know, didn't have a sponsor anymore, all this kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, those character defects, you know, that I never, I don't think I had ever, you know, some of my character defects, I don't think I had ever really sort of fully, come to grips with them and dealt with them and stuff like that, like how you're supposed to, you know? And so of course they started manifesting themselves and then, you know, one thing led to another and yeah, it's like, I, 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 you know, you're in that, you just get into some pain and you're like, wow, this is really not, this is not the way you're supposed to be living. And so you get back into things, but then you're able to really, you know, come to grips with those things and deal with them. And so now my life is like so much better just because of that, you know? So that's, I think it's actually maybe, it's not like I encourage anybody to go do that, but it's oh, almost no. like a no. It's almost like a healthy experience, though. You know, well, I think we realize that the drink is no longer a solution. Exactly, there you we, go. We yeah. come to yeah. that realization, but these other defects and these other things that we utilize to escape, you know, we don't always hit bottom with those. Right, right. And right. So I, I, I didn't really accept who I was. You know, I accepted who I was as an alcoholic, but these other defects that I had, I never really fully accepted them, accepted them until I got into enough pain. Exactly. And when I hit that pain, it was like, oh, well, Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, solved my alcohol problem, so it can solve my other problems. So I started using the steps for, for these other defects. But once I got myself into enough pain. Right. You know, and this is great for Aaron to be here, to be listening to this. And let me tell you why. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually like, it no, it's real. It's a real thing. She hasn't what taken you, what any What are you trying to say, Jeff? I'm going to tell you because she hasn't <laughs> taken a hiatus from, from her program. And Jonathan took it for when he was in double digits. You just mentioned taking it. I took it, and I was only six months clean right. sober. I took it for about a month and a half, and I wanted to be in Ghetto Super Dad on the corner of Southside Boulevard. That's a whole other story, yeah, if you know it about. It's, it's like, kind I of a went, natural I went thing crazy. sometimes, I think. Yeah. I went crazy when I left here. It was nuts. It's exactly what Jonathan was just saying, though, is that, like, you know, we we know that alcohol is not a solution anymore. But for me, like today like even in most recent events like that is the biggest thing in my life right now is noticing like i'm starting to notice that those character defects will sneak up on me Mm -hmm. and they'll sneak up on me and like there's a few right now where like i am fully aware of them but i'm not in enough pain to give them up yet 
You know, and so like you are, you're talking, Jeff. Like I, I'm that. exactly where I'm supposed to be at. You hey, know right. what it's I mean? not. It's not an overnight process. No. You know? and that's okay. I'm taking the action, though. My whole that's point okay. is, action. don't yeah. stop coming back like us three did. No, even if yeah. it's just for a month, or if it's for a year, or multiple years. It's, man, you know. I know, but in. you know, people. You know, we're humans. You know, <laughs> I love we're gonna. Joe's like, eh. no. <laughs> I mean, but like I said, it it became a a pretty valuable part of my story. So it's not like I, it's not because I'm not advocating anybody go out and do that, but no. it's just, you know, I, wound up on, I wound up on YouTube with an outfit on. <laughs> I'm going to just keep coming back and I'm going to work through it while I keep coming back. That How does girl. that sound? That there you go. There so you what's go. going on today in your life, Jonathan? Uh, this week's kind of been difficult. I, um, you know, my, my stepdad, I would tell you one of the lessons I learned, um, in early sobriety, uh, you know, to, after 15 years of um, sobriety, my stepdad went back out and uh, shot and killed somebody, mm-hmm. and lost his arm, you know, and that was one of the things that taught me, hey, man, this thing never goes away. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you never lose this thing, you know, and uh, you got you to keep doing Alcox Namas. And uh, <clears throat> so, um, but he passed away this week. Yeah. And uh, Oh, was, sorry to hear that. Yeah, that was a, that was a tough thing, seeing, seeing him go, um, go out. You know, I brought up a lot of memories. I mean, the first time I told my stories with him, six months sober mm-hmm. uh, in Boca Raton, he had me tell my story at a, at a, a treatment facility. And uh, I was like, man, I'm not, I haven't been sober long enough to tell my story. <laughs> and uh, Big Al, man, he was a yeah. great dude, and, uh, and uh, I'll miss him. So I've been dealing with some of that, um, you know, but... Uh, my birthday's next week. Fourth of July is going on, you know. Um, my anniversary, seven years, is next week. Um, I'm married to a woman that I don't deserve, I can tell you that for sure. She puts up with me. and uh, Oh, I can relate. Yeah. yeah. And where are you going Monday? Monday, I am going skydiving. That's right. I was awesome. about to say, he's going first fishing time. with Jeff is what it sounds like. No, no that's no, awesome. No. Skydiving. skydiving. I, want to, I want to do it one of these days. You but... need to go fishing with me first. So uh, anyway, let's get back is? to Jonathan. Well, no, they got that indoor. <laughs> you know they have an indoor skydiving place. I took my son now. Yeah, if I'm going to do it, though. Remember, I don't just drink one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, right. You're going, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I have to ask, is there still nine kids in the house? No, they're all out. My youngest just graduated. He's 18 and he's still there he'll probably be leaving pretty soon and then we have two younger boys uh 17 year old and 13 year old yeah in other words look at jonathan and look at me he has no bags under his eyes he has clean skin he looks fantastic and then look at me over here i Again, look like Jeff, i'm 60 I think you right need now take some pointers from jonathan <laughs> oh trust me bro my, my every day i think i lose more hair you do of my kids you, you know? do you don't you, you do yeah I, I do. Seriously. <laughs> it's all a distant memory for me when they were that young right you know i would tell you when they get older there's every period of of their of their lives is is wonderful right but once once they get older and you start you know watching them make their own mistakes and going through that it's a whole new a whole new level of parenthood. Mm. Parenthood. yeah i don't and, uh, i'm not ready i'm not ready <laughs> i wasn't ready either and i will tell you it was the hardest when my my first daughter she's 25 now okay she's a quarter of a century yeah old, i feel pretty old but anyway <clears throat> um when she turned 18 and started moving out and doing her own thing it was one of the hardest stages because i, I actually had to let her make her mistakes mm. You know, oh uh, man, I'm not, dude. My oldest daughter's five. I want to keep her that age. You know? Yeah, Ashton is just I can't killing do me right now. Oh god, he's just getting so big, dude. Yeah, and, and it's quick. So big. It's quick. Yeah, it's like you me. blink. But anyways, well, hey, we're about out of time. Jonathan, thank you for coming on, yeah, man. Thank Great you. job, dude. Enjoyed. I've been listening to you guys. You guys are doing awesome. Awesome. Hey, I appreciate yeah. it. You know, thank just you, have man. fun and spread a message of. Uh, 
you know, some kind of message. Hopefully somebody will get something out of it. Right. You know, and that's, sure, that's, that's, that's sure. the whole point. It's all well, you can do. I got something out of it today. Yeah, what did no, you get so out of it today, Aaron? <laughs> just keep coming back. <laughs> <laughs> period. Period. That's right. No matter what, just keep coming. No, it's true. Absolutely. If you don't want to wet the bed, keep coming back. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's it. That's it. Right well, hey, we appreciate everyone for listening, and we will catch you guys next time. All right, take care.